All right, we are back with week two with Rob Wagner, and we are walking through this holistic understanding of the gospel with the whole story, the whole expression, and the whole life. And last week, we worked through the whole story, and we used that understanding of seeing this grand narrative in all of Scripture and this grand narrative in all of history. We see this creation, fall, redemption, restoration. We see our own story in that. We remember that God made it, we broke it, Jesus fixed it, and he's inviting us into the story uh, to bring that universal flourishing of God into all things. And this more compelling narrative that we live into. And so this week, we're going to jump into the second part of understanding a holistic uh, picture of gospel and good news, which is the whole expression. So what yeah. is it that you mean by the whole expression, which also has three parts? It does. <laughs> Rule of three. Rule of three. The whole story, the whole expression, the whole life, and then the whole expression. Quick, quick, three parts. The big, the like, the big view on this is I think it's really important is um, again, doing contrast and comparison, not to beat anybody up or throw a bunch of blame around, but a lot of people, when they hear the kingdom of God, they're thinking of like a non-physical kind of spiritual, like yeah. non, some weird, um, like I'm going to be in a cloud, like when, <laughs> I don't know, some weird spirit floating or something. Angels. Sorry. No one, have... <laughs> no one can see you moving right now, but when like the way that you're moving and when, when you talked about being in a cloud, for some reason, Mario Kart came to mind. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the cloud world. <laughs> exactly. And there's like little cherub angels up there wearing diapers. They got the harp. <laughs> and, but a lot of people in here, kingdom of God, like that's, I mean, I grew up in the church and it wasn't until much later in my life in my twenties where I was like, Oh, I do actually think that way. Precious moments, man. Precious moments, man. I'm going to be in some spiritual existence, you know? And so when Jesus, Jesus gives a very clear definition in the Lord's prayer about what the kingdom of God actually is. He says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven. So the kingdom is a place on earth where it is as it is in heaven. It's where the life of heaven is boom, it's breaking through. It's yeah. it's filling the earth, you know. And and again, when you read the end of the book, you know, and you go to Revelation, like 19, 20, and 21, heaven comes down, right? It's like basically heaven swallows up the entire cosmos, right? And and so our job is to bring that future into the present. And Jesus is saying it can happen now. That's why the Lord's Prayer, uh, again, save souls gospel, it's the opposite. It's like, beam me up, Scotty. Mm -hmm. Beam me up. I'm going to pray. It's, I'm praying so I get, whoop, get, get whoop, just ripped up out of here. Yeah, let's get out. Um, and that's the danger of certain eschatologies. We don't need to go down that road right now because um, that's a <laughs> that's a road. That's a long, windy road. Right, which is the study of the end of things. That's the fancy word for it. Um, but um, back to the whole expression, that's what it's about. It's yeah. about heaven invading earth. It's about um, 
every sphere of human concern and engagement. I mean, care for the poor, justice to the oppressed, feeding the hungry, caring for the sick, fostering education, healthcare, building safe, decent housing, art, beauty, everything. Yeah. All of it, like infused with the love and the power and the justice and the goodness of God. Um, that's amazing. That's the whole expression. Yeah. So that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, you brought it up earlier. Um, it's about this one of the themes that runs through the Bible is this whole idea of shalom. And uh, it's not just peace as in like, okay, I need some peace and quiet. It's so loud in here. Yeah. Um, I told this story, whatever, I forget, six or seven weeks ago in the equipping gathering, I was talking to a friend who had a work meeting on Zoom and his kids were going nuts in the background. It was like embarrassing and frustrating. <laughs> and and he's like, he was he's like, I just need some peace and quiet. I need some peace and quiet. And he said, I want to do remote parenting. I want my kids on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I can mute them. <laughs> and it just killed me. I was like, all right, that should go in a comedy bit somewhere. <laughs> probably. It, it, honestly, the, it's probably a tangent that's not helpful, but I'm like, I, I bet that so many people, though, that's the way that they see, you know, they see God as this like remote parent that's like shouting out some of those moral rules. Don't do that. Don't touch the hot stove rather than being present among us and in the chaos and bringing wholeness. Wow, man. That's just like, that hit me pretty hard right there. Come on. Yeah, me too. And so peace isn't like, I just need some quiet. It's what you're describing. It's like God is here. And now new things are possible that can never happen before. Jesus right. is here. Right. The, the power of the resurrection is here. Evil has been banquished on the cross. The sin has been defeated. So now what can happen, you know? And uh, we quote Neil Plantinga a lot, which, you know, I lived in South Bend for 22 years and he was a professor there, but he became literally one of the most respected yeah. philosophers in the world. And yeah. he writes a lot about, he describes it, oh, what does he say? It's like the webbing of mm -hmm. God, humans and creation and like justice and flourishing and delight. And it's like where everything is as it was designed to be. Everything's flourishing. Like your soul is, your, your body, your relationships, you and creation, us and God. Um, and that's the whole expression. And so our mission in the Kansas City Underground, come on, what is it? What's our mission? To bring the beauty, justice, and good news of Jesus. We want to fill Kansas City with the beauty, justice, and good news. We want to see the gospel saturate every part of this city. Yep. Whole expression. Mm. Not, it's not just a propaganda campaign. Mm -mm. No. We want people to be in awe. Like, no. Oh. Look at all that beauty. Look at finally justice, finally, and not just retribution. Like, no, things are being restored. Mm -hmm. like, Dignity is being restored. Equity is being restored. People yeah. that are oppressed are finally standing up straight and they have freedom. And, you know, yes, everywhere. Yeah. Every neighborhood, I, every, every street. 
I know we're going to get into uh, these these three parts, um, but you know, kind of what helped me make this shift on this one early on was reading um, N.T. Wright's "Surprised by Hope." Yeah, uh, like the big, you know, I mean, it's a big work. You got to put some time and energy into wrapping your head around well, right. read anything by N.T. Wright. But that was super helpful uh, as far as making the shift and understanding the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. But we had this just to, for, for those of you that need help, like I always need help making things simple. Uh, we helped start this little side of a church in, in Auburn and Auburn, Alabama. And we were, we were living in light of microchurch at the time, but didn't have that language where we're, we're trying to create these extended spiritual families. And our phrase was, where do we not see the kingdom? And let's bring it to that place. And so it's like an easy sort of diagnostic test that you can do for your neighborhood, for your workplace, for your third spaces, for your entire community. Like, where do we not see the kingdom existing? And then let's bring the kingdom to that place. Amen. So we're able to sit with our community and say, where, where do we not see the kingdom? Uh, well, uh, lonely people. That will be a place where the kingdom isn't. You know, so, all right, that's a broad level. Let's start to get more specific. What's a specific place where the kingdom is it? And we decided, you know what? Nursing homes, like there's lonely people there, you know? So we went and we would have this little service with, um, with these people in a nursing home on Sunday mornings. And we would sing I'll fly away every week, which is a very much a saved souls <laughs> gospel song. Uh, it was a meaningful song for them. Um, but, you know, it's like what we decided, you know, it's like there are there shouldn't be hungry people because in the kingdom, there's no hungry people. So we decided to do a community garden and we happened to do it in a city lot where there was no water for the gardens that we planted, <laughs> which is not a wise move. I'm not saying we did everything right. I'm just saying we were trying to think that way. Yes, you know, it's, it's like where there's that gap you go to yeah, fill it with the goodness of God. That's it. And that's the way to start thinking about the whole expression is go be yeah. good news. Yeah. When you were talking about the old folks home, remind me of the Hansons and uh, they're called to a old folks home that's in DeSoto, Kansas. And with COVID. <laughs> call it an old folks home. <laughs> oh, I can't. Is that bad? I'm not uh, sure that that's going to come across well. <laughs> assisted living, assisted living, assisted living. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Uh, but this is a cool story. Let me finish. Yeah, it. Yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> so because of COVID that access, you can't have groups in anymore. And this creativity was amazing. And it's exactly what you're talking about. These folks are isolated, not acceptable. The kingdom has to break through the right. community. Right. And so they've literally expanded their team by a factor of like, I think 10 or something like that, because there's 75 residents they have now found a partner or a friend for every single resident. Yeah, so beautiful. It is. And they're, they're writing letters. They're delivering gifts. They're um, every possible way they can find to get through the quarantine they're doing. You know, yeah. it, and it's so great. They're like, no, we're not going to quit. I know we can't do what we usually do with the games and the service and the, you know, all these. This is the kingdom. You can't stop it. Here we go. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yeah. And our, um, and our gathering 
uh, with, with the people in that, uh, nursing home that we were in, there was this one lady, I want to say her name was Miss Edna. I'm pretty sure she was really sharp. She was a nurse during world war two. And, um, man, she's just a, a beautiful woman. Um, and you know, just, just radiated joy. And again, it's like, it's thinking creatively about what you bring. And so we had the ability to make some videos and Miss um, Edna was like running for basically the equivalent of a beauty pageant queen for nursing homes across Alabama. And so we got to go in with our equipment. We said, we'll, we'll film your story so you can submit it. And like, she won that year. <laughs> you know, and it was like, we were all celebrating together. And it was like, man, you know, I don't know if she's ever been in a beauty pageant or won anything like that, but like now she's, you know, she's got this thing and like, she's able to show off her trophy and stuff. And it's like, everybody else receives joy because you're just working to bring joy and good news. Yep. Amen. So good. So that's the whole expression. That's what it looks like. It's very tangible. Yeah. And again, whole gospel is the whole story. And just want to remind us real quickly, it's creation, fall, redemption, restoration. So everything is headed towards restoration. Absolutely. So we're bringing that future restoration now. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're part of this grand narrative. If you need a refresher, like read 1 Corinthians 15. Paul tells the gospel story. Uh, Luke 24, Jesus, the walk with the disciples to Emmaus. Uh, Stephen does it in, uh, was it Acts? Seven, I believe. Mm. X seven. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. those are great passages to see people telling the whole story. Yeah. Why it's so important, what happens, right? Um, and then the whole expression, um, the way we're describing it, um, is a gospel presence, a gospel demonstration, and a gospel proclamation. So if you have all three of those going, you've got the whole expression going. Mm. So the gospel presence. We describe that as missionaries and microchurches. Yeah, yeah. So missionaries, again, it's the birthright of every disciple, or rather every child of God to be a disciple maker and a missionary. Come on. So we live as sent people of God, uh, where we live, work, learn, and play, and we go deep in particular context, and we live as missionaries, you know, and our practical way of doing that is the blessed rhythms. It's like we begin in prayer. We listen and engage. This is our tool to help missionaries, right? We eat. We open our tables. We open our our uh, our garage, our back porch, whatever, for meals and feasts and parties. And then we serve. You know, we again, that's making it tangible. We wash feet in a way that's meaningful for our context. And if we do all that, uh, and we do it consistently, we will always get to share the story. The story about Jesus has changed me and how the gospel changes everything. So missionaries who do live out those blessed rhythms eventually new disciples emerge and then you have a microchurch oh. a new extended spiritual family and again back to the scripture a gospel presence is so important what jesus you guys know how jesus came he parted back the clouds he gave this amazing 30 minute sermon the angels <laughs> played bethel and then he was like everyone i'm going to part the clouds next week I think we're going to do it three times. There's going to be three services. Bring a friend. Bring a friend. Haze. Don't forget the haze. <laughs> no, he came. 
It's about Advent. It's about to happen. He came. He became one of us. He put on flesh and blood. And John 1 says that. The gospel was made known to us, not through a presentation, but by an actual presence. Yeah. 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 It's so good. God God didn't open the skies and throw a scroll down. Read this. (laughs) Right. 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 He came as the living word. Man. Yeah. And then Jesus says, is the father sent me, I'm sending you. Go be a presence. And, you know, and Jesus, most of his life, 30 years, mundane living. Yeah, I love that phrase. Um, I don't remember where I first read it or heard it, but he was in the backwaters of the Roman Empire. Yeah. Like it just, it, it makes it sound so small and in the backwaters of this massive thing, the Roman Empire. And, you know, Myron, a few podcasts back, said Jesus grew up in the hood. He did, man. Yeah. Nazareth was the hood. People were like, don't go to Nazareth, man. Yeah. Well, it's, and when you really, like, get into the uh, geographical, historical sort of deal, there was a bigger town nearby. So when it talks about Jesus being a carpenter, it wasn't like, you know. It's a forest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was, yeah. He was a, um, he was a day laborer, essentially. Yeah. Uh, they made their lunch every day and probably walked to this bigger, nicer town. Yeah. Worked on big buildings or whatever. And then like went back to Nazareth. Right. You know, I mean, he's like, he's a really normal dude for 30 years. It just yeah. blows me away. Yeah. And it shows that like all, like your presence in the mundane things in your network or neighborhood are sacred, mm-hmm. you know, and that faithfulness in the mundane like simple acts of love, kindness, joy, you know, that that is the foundation for then God to move powerfully through you. Like now there's going to be signs and wonders. Now there's going to be a disciple making movement like it, but it's that gospel presence. God is, you know, it's uh, I'm forgetting which chapter in Acts, it's like, God's predetermined the times and the spaces where people are living and being sent. Like there's Mm -hmm. God is moving there's this partnership between God and us. And like, I am where I am with a reason and a purpose. And we get to be that gospel presence and missionaries aren't enough. Like eventually like uh, Jesus had his 12. Right. And then there was a 72. There's something about the communal witness of the micro church. Yeah. Uh, that is probably the greatest apologetic for the gospel. Yeah. Like Jesus said, they're going to believe when they see how you love each other. Yeah. Like in John, 13, I think it was. Yeah. They're going to believe when, when they, and then they see how you love each other. And so I know that's happened in our neighborhood. Yeah. You know, like we've had neighbors who've moved in who've said, this neighborhood's like a big family. Is this real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it actually is. And welcome to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, man, I, if, if that was happening in every right. neighborhood in the city, it would change the city, the that's gospel awesome. presence. That's what I was about to say is like with our, with that vision that we want to fill Kansas city with the beauty, justice, and good news of Jesus. We always say that we want to see gospel saturation happen in our city. We actually have a definition for what we think that is that every woman, man, girl, boy has repeated opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the gospel. And I would add the word experience, see, hear, experience, and respond to the gospel. Yeah. So like that's gospel saturation. If there are all of these people in Kansas City and we want them to have repeated opportunities, how do they have repeated opportunities? Because there are 
extended spiritual families who are uh, they're they're close. You know, they're they're being there. You can witness the gospel constantly happening because they're living in everyday gospel community. And you're able to witness what's happening in that family. That's how they have these repeated opportunities to step into those families, to witness the love they have for each other, to witness how they love their own network of relationships and those outside the network of relationships. Um, so it is like that, that goes back to the presence side of it. A gospel presence is when you have these missionaries and extended families constantly exhibiting the gospel of good news and living it out in their lives. That's it. That's gospel presence, right? The other two parts are gospel demonstration and then gospel proclamation. So gospel demonstration, um, you know, when Jesus describes his mission um, at the beginning of Luke, he unravels the scroll of Isaiah and he talks about uh, what sight for the blind freedom for the captive, um, the poor will have good news. The blind will see. I don't know if I hit that one already or not, but you get, it doesn't you, matter. We, uh, twice the sight. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> so he's, he's talking about like kind of the signs of the kingdom, right? And there's signs and wonders, you know, and, and Paul said, you know, I didn't come with you. I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of spirit's power. And, uh, and, and so for us, the gospel demonstration, we describe it in two ways. It's, it's signs and service. So we are, we're praying that the Lord, that there'll be signs and wonders that we'll see miracles. You know, this, the spirit is being poured out with dreams and visions and signs and wonders. And we're, you know, our tool for that is we we're teaching people the prayer of authoritative blessing. You know, don't, we don't have to come as like mealy mouth, like, Oh God, if you could just please, like, if you would help them just be better, God be with them, help them to, I pray feel better. You know, it's like, no, no, I bless you with peace in the name of Jesus. And I bless your body with Shalom that you would be whole and healed. And we do it with humility. God isn't some cosmic vending machine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But we're blessing because we're sons and daughters. And Jesus has authority in heaven and earth. And we want to grow in that. We want to see um, everything that Jesus was doing, he is still doing. And we want to be a part of all of it. And that means signs. And the other part is service. Jesus washed feet. And like, we wash feet. That's right. We'll do the hard work in our neighborhood of like, okay, my, my neighbor's sister died and she's kind of estranged from her family. So it's a super awkward situation. Our microchurch, we're going right into it. We're going right into it. We're going to be with them every step of the way. We'll walk into the awkwardness with them at the funeral and just be there and loving and kind, you know? Um, we'll cry with them. We'll, we just serve. Like we're just going to the, whatever way we can um, wash feet in our context. Like, let's do that, you know? And, and I think it was Matthew, uh, I'm pulling a blank, um, where it just, it, he describes uh, Jesus as like, he basically, 
yeah, it's Matthew. He's like going town to town. And it's like, hey, you know what? He goes town to town and he like heals the sick, you know, <laughs> he teaches yeah. and, and preaches the gospel, you know. And so the signs and service are just it's what Jesus is always doing. You yeah, know? It's always married to uh, to which the last piece is the proclamation like these two. They're they're inextricably linked. It's not yeah. uh, signs and wonders for their sake alone right and and, not and, just proclaiming words it's like they're together yeah you know it's a three three strand cord or whatever you however you say that phrase <laughs> that's exactly it like when there's a, a steady gospel presence yeah and they start demonstrating the gospel through signs and service uh the gospel proclamation when it comes out of that it's so powerful yeah you know, and we, and again, it's like, we don't want to just be some cool neighboring movement where it's like, we're totally down. We sit at the end of the drive. Let's have beers, man. What's up? Mm, I love craft beer. You, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Jesus. It's like, no, we're going to talk about Jesus, but we're going to earn the right, mm -hmm. you know, and we're not going to do a propaganda style thing. We're going to see where's God working my friend's life that I'm having this craft brew with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to join you, Jesus. Yeah, but man, what we want to proclaim the gospel, and the way we describe it, the two parts of that, it's pretty simple. Your story and God's story. Yeah, like you're the you're the expert on your story, mm -hmm. and you know how Jesus has changed you, and uh, and all throughout the scriptures, it's people basically sharing their stories of their encounter with the living God, you know, and 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 then it's God's story. Now we're back to the whole story. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we have to preach it. We have to proclaim it. Paul's like, how are they going to believe if they haven't heard? Like, and they're not going to hear unless someone preaches. Mm -hmm. He's writing to a network of microchurches. He's like, get your preach on. Yeah. They weren't a bunch of professional preachers. It wasn't like, get your sermons ready for Sunday. It's like, yeah, yeah. you all need to preach the gospel. And Romans 1, he's like, I already told you what it is. Jesus is Lord. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's what we're trying to do. It's like, we all need to preach the gospel to ourselves first, you know, and we're going to hit that in the next podcast. That's yeah. the whole expression. It's like, how do I move from unbelief to belief in every area of my life? And how do I speak the gospel to myself? And if I learn to do that, if I let the gospel energize my life and my change, I'm going to naturally start sharing it with other people. Yeah. I think it's probably helpful just to kind of share, you know, how has this been true for us? Yeah, let's just do it real briefly. Like we don't have to go into like 10 minute version. Yeah, yeah. I let's think, uh, you know, again, uh, they're, they're not only my stories. So I don't want to tell like super specific with our neighborhood necessarily because other people are involved and I care about them. And um, I think it's also important to remember always to keep the framework of we are not people that are trying to make projects out of people. Mm -hmm. we moved into our neighborhood and we didn't say, let's go get all these people saved because <laughs> that's mainly saved souls gospel. We moved into our neighborhood. And when we moved in, we thought to ourselves, how can we be good news to these people? And how can we just love them, have no agenda for them? That's you. And to come in and say, you know, our desire is to create a family environment for everybody that's uh, that we're connected to in this place, you know, so that's a gospel presence right there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we moved in with a missionary mindset and we thought, you know, let's just love our neighbors. And so when we met them, the most loving thing we could do, this is going to sound overly simplistic, but the most loving thing you can do is just remember their name. Mm-hmm. And I am terrible with names. <laughs> so I literally wrote down people's names on a paper plate because <laughs> it's all, all you have when you're moving. Um, that, it's important to note, though, that's a gospel demonstration. Yeah, it really is, because it's like you matter. Mm-hmm. And that begins by remembering someone's name. Yep. We remembered their names. We started asking details. Again, we didn't do this because, you know, we're trying to have some agenda. We, we legitimately wanted to just love people well. We want to live a different story. We didn't want to just hide in our house. Mm-hmm. So we got to know our neighbors and we noticed, you know, there's not a ton of community here. It seems that many of these people have been here for a while and they know each other. But how can we bring more community together? Because ultimately, yeah, we do want to see an extended spiritual family that exists here because we don't want to live life alone. We think it's a better way to live in family. Mm -hmm. So we threw parties and we threw as many as we could. Now, party doesn't necessarily mean we went and, you know, whatever, bought pizza and beer and said, everybody come party. They were intentional around like a football game or around um, you know, uh, new year's or Thanksgiving or just, you know, Hey, we're back to school. Let's get all the parents together. You know, it's like, let's just create places where we can hang and be together. Um, and, and we did begin to pray specifically for our neighbors by name. Like that was an intentional pathway for us. It's like, Jesus, we know it's important that these people we love, we're going to hold them up before you. We're not just praying for ourselves. We pray for the people we're connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we learned the stories of the people and the place that we lived, how long it had been there, when the school came, who moved into our house and out of our house and why. <laughs> um, we ate meals together. Um, and ultimately all of that led to deeper and deeper spiritual conversations with our neighbors. And if you fast forward three years or so into the process, we were gathering in our home and studying scripture together, but proclamation. Yeah. It's all there, man. Gospel presence, gospel demonstration, gospel proclamation. And the backside of that long story is like, how many meals had we shared you know, how many conversations had we shared walking up to the school and back with our kids? How many tears did we shed because someone passed away or someone was in pain for some reason? How many hard conversations did we have because we accidentally uh, hurt someone? Um, How many apologies were there because we accidentally hurt someone with our words or something like that? Um, And you know, how many moments of just dropping Jesus into the conversation and saying, I don't think I have this right, but I think he's a better way. I don't have all the knowledge and understanding, but I know he's a better way mm-hmm. and inviting people to discover <clears throat> that with us. And uh, I think we can all say now on the backside, like there's a, a deeper and more rich uh, family experience where we are sharing joys and we are sharing sorrows. Yep. We're ser- sharing celebrations. We're sharing pain together and we yep. don't do it alone. 
And it's, it's filling your neighborhood with the beauty, justice, and good news of Jesus. Yep. It's, it's a different culture than it was Yeah. prior to that. And again, when that starts filling thousands of neighborhoods and networks of relationships, it will change the city. And it will not be some weird imperialistic, you know. No, it's like yeast in the dough, which is like lifting all these yeah. different, you know, neighborhoods and networks. Yeah. And no one's being forced to do anything. Yeah, that's it, what that's the word I was gonna use. It lifts and elevates. Yeah. It lifts and elevates. Like when you fill it, it's like I can just like in the spirit world, I just see the city rising, you know, mm-hmm. chasing out the darkness with light amen so that's the whole expression that's where we are gospel presence gospel demonstration gospel proclamation we got simple tools for all those gospel proclamation again it's a story diamond uh identity triangle super helpful gospel demonstration uh it's the blessed rhythms prayer of authoritative blessing of great little book how to hear the voice of god Mm -hmm. all great tools in the gospel presence, uh, you know, that's us basically um, living our life around the relational circles of Jesus' life. You know, so we have a tool for that yep. called Spheres of Influence. So if you want to double click and go a little deeper on the one you want to work on a little bit, go get the tool. So that's two When down. I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. All right, one more. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement, that leads to the emergence of microchurches and every network within your city. We'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.